I'm Katie Kempner, and welcome to Perspectives here at Advertising Week. Advertising Week is in its 16th year, so it's so hard to believe we just rang the opening bell at the NASDAQ. It was uh, exciting to think that Perspectives also, I've been involved since the beginning, and Perspectives has been involved for eight or nine years, and we've been so lucky to interview so many amazing women over the years. Perspectives really is, it's a series of inspiring conversations about remarkable working women who are leading busy and successful lives. And it's really my pleasure to open this year's Advertising Week with my good friend, new colleague, Sherry Rosenberg. Thank Welcome. You, Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I feel honored. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so excited that you stopped by because I know you're super busy. But when I was thinking this year about women that I wanted to talk with, I think one of the things that keeps coming up is people that have figured out how to make careers that are really significant to themselves and tap into the things that they love to do. And you've done that. So could you tell us just briefly about your career? You know, we met at CPB and then how you got to where you are now. Yeah, I, I feel like I've always been somebody that's been a bit of a generalist. I like to do a lot of different things. When I moved to New York, I started in advertising. I worked in trends for a while. Um, I ended up being a producer. But at my heart, in my heart of hearts, I was always a very creative person. I was a writer just as a human being, not necessarily for a living. That was something that growing up, I thought that would naturally be something that I would do. And I just took a bunch of different paths um, throughout the years and didn't end up writing for a living. Um, but throughout my career, I was always thinking like, there's something missing. Like, I like what I'm doing, but it's not, it's not quite connecting to me. It just doesn't feel right. And I'm definitely a feelings person. You know, I wanna feel great about what I'm doing. Um, and I had success and I enjoyed it. But as I got older, this nagging voice in my head was like, you're not doing what you need to be doing. And I think when social media became a thing and we had Facebook, I started posting a lot on Facebook and really enjoying the exercise of every day having something to say, you know, and I would write funny things about sort of like the Academy Awards fashion and different things like that. And people liked it. So I loved it. I love it still. <laughs> so once I got in that regular habit of writing again and saying things, I realized it was something that I really missed because I hadn't done it in a really long time. And then I started my own blog and not with the intention of monetizing it or being sort of like this fashion blogger girl, but to really just get in the practice of writing again and a disciplined kind of writing approach. And um, I've kept the blog for years now and it's evolved and I started getting work from the blog, which was great. Um, and then I just started writing professionally and building it and building it and, and still kind of doing some production gigs as I was doing it. And now I've kind of transitioned to full-time writing for different brands and different things and I'm very sort of polyglot my approach to that. I like writing a lot of different things and I think my sort of generalist mentality has really helped with that. How scary <laughs> is that though? I, and you do such a good job and that full disclaimer, you work a bunch with my firm now too and yeah. we love having you, you're such a good writer. I think it's scary, it, it's scary to think, wait, I'm gonna only really concentrate on what I really like to do. What? How does that feel? Is it worrisome every month or what's your thinking around that? I think that? it's the, actually the alternative was much scarier to me mm -hmm. that I could spend the rest of my life doing something that I don't really necessarily, it's not not loving, but that's not speaking to my passions. And I remember very clearly a moment when I was at CPB, I was on a panel with another woman who's very high up in what I was doing. 
And she said to me, Sherry, I don't know how to do anything else. If this doesn't work out, I don't know what else I would do. And that just scared the crap out of me, to be honest. That really scared me, like, not to have a backup plan and sort of realizing as you're getting older, it stands to reason that you might want to do something else. You know, it's like you're not wearing the same pants that you were when you were 25. So why, why would you want to do the exact same thing that you've been doing all these years? That's the way I kind of looked at it as you evolve and change. It's almost scarier to keep doing the same thing. I think you're absolutely right. I was reading in the New York Times uh, this yesterday. Today's only Monday. Uh, yesterday, I think it was in the style section about millennials and how they must be satisfied in their jobs, yeah. which is a, a conversation you hear people having everywhere. But I really think that's for everybody, right? Yes, I think it's for everyone. And I think, you know, it's strange as you get older because there's a moment for me, I've always sort of, as a child, I feel like I was truly the most creative, just, you know, unfettered creative. I always drew, I wrote poems, I wrote things. Like I was just a very creative soul as a kid. And I look back to that time, I'm like, how do I feel like that again? You know, without the judgment of work and having to make money and all those things, like what's that feeling? And it's funny as you get older that you would think about what made you happy as a kid. But I really believe like it gives you that charge and that enthusiasm to really be happy. You know, I think you spend the midpoint of your career really trying to get ahead and to make money and be as successful as you can and work for the coolest brands and do the best things. And then you kind of look back and say, like, but am I happy? Not really, you know? So you want to go back to this sort of pure joy that you feel. I'm a huge proponent of that, and I absolutely agree. Let's talk about your blog, which I Let's am a that. faithful reader of. It's Maven, yeah. and the way that you can get to it is Sherry Maven. SherryMavenBlog.com. Soon about to be a different name. We'll talk more about that in the future, hopefully. Can we talk about it now? We can. <laughs> so Breaking news right here. <laughs> Tell us. You know, I think what's very scary when you have a blog and you also have a job is to think like, I'm scared to tell everything about myself. You know, I kept it very light and fluffy for a long time, which I still enjoy talking about fashion and shoes and beauty and, and all the things like that. But I found when I really opened up and talked about my feelings and, and my, just where I am in life and my age, people really started to connect to it. I actually wrote a post about aging in advertising that people really, really, people I didn't even know reached out to me, which was so heartwarming and great. And um. It just kind of gave me this feeling like I should be writing more stories about people my age because I am such a proud, card-carrying Gen X girl my whole life. I just I feel very connected to my generation, and um, I want to tell stories for people who are you know around my age, but also for younger women. I feel like they can connect to it too. And I have you know women that come to me and tell me how much they love when I talk about stories about getting older. Even men too feel L late forty-ish. Late forty-ish. Is, is on the verge. Age. On yeah. the verge of late 40 ish. <laughs> yeah, on the verge of 50, really. Well, you're, you're talking about something that um, is now getting a lot more attention at Advertising Week and yeah. in the industry, this ageism. And this is one of the industries that really has it the worst. Yes. Right? Yes. And I think that was something in my mind. I think. I think I use all of the kind of career paths that I've had to inform everything I'm doing now because as a former trend forecaster type of person, I can kind of see stuff like that coming, even for myself on my own life. Like, I'm going to age out of what I'm doing. And instead of getting really angry about it, like, why didn't I switch it up? Particularly because I was feeling like switching it up anyway, you know? And I think um, it's just about being really adaptable and being able to change. And I think change is terrifying. I have a hard time with it in a lot of ways. But when you really connect to something and click with something, it just, it becomes less scary. And it takes a, a really long time to do that. 
I'm not saying that's an instant thing, but when it happens, it, it's pretty magical. It's, it's, it's work, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. So I like to end all of my interviews by asking if there's one piece of advice that has helped get you through your career and your life that you could share with us. What is it? I think it's just really, you know, well, as a woman, and, and this sounds very stereotypical, but listen to your voice and listen to your intuition, because I think women have such a strong sense of that. And really, really listen to that and let it guide you. I think life is full of surprises and you have to be ready for anything. But I think you kind of know, you know what you need to know to get to the next place. You might struggle and look outside of yourself to find it, but really let your intuition help you and guide you as you, as you move forward. And, and don't be afraid. That's terrific. Thank you so much for Thank stopping you. by. Pleasure. This podcast was recorded live in a glass wall truck provided by bulldogbillboards.com. I met the team at Advertising Week New York, and what was fascinating to me is that despite conversations throughout the week about the incredibly complex and very digital means of reaching consumers, that sometimes if you want immediate impact, that a billboard truck can be the way to go. Bulldog billboards have trucks in multiple sizes, and there's quite literally no project too big or too small. So whether it's a glass wall truck that you want or an LED screen on the side of a truck that you're interested in, they can do it for you. So for more information, visit bulldogbillboards.com. And of course, thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to a podcast production of AW360, the year-round content destination from Advertising Week. Visit AW360 at 360.advertisingweek.com and be sure to check out the other AW360 podcasts now available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Producers on this podcast are Jack Hirschman and Richard Larson, with music provided by Audio Network. For more information on Advertising Week, the world's largest gathering of advertising, marketing, and technology leaders, now in six markets across the globe, visit www.advertisingweek.com. Mm -hmm.